As you all know, Louisville started the Jeff Brom era with a 39-34 victory over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. We're going to continue to dive further into the results uh, on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off, we promise you. As always, thanks again for making us your first listen of the day. It wouldn't be a weekly episode if my man Grant Mulligan football analyst for the state of Louisville.com weekly a weekly appearance on the show moving forward Grant what's going on man it's great to be here for those who don't know as you already kind of said this is week one of me joining the show every week as if I don't already join the show every week as it is but game breakdown numero uno let's get straight to it I really I failed Grant with my opener there that was not uh, a worthy opener for grant but i'm excited to have grant on the show does a great job of breaking down the x's and o's and that's what i brought him on to the show to discuss today we're going to talk about jack Plummer's performance more in depth answering whether or not there are concerns at the quarterback position for louisville we'll talk about some of the defensive adjustments made in the second half we'll also talk about some of the underrated individual performances for the cardinals on friday evening but to start out the big talking point coming out of friday outside of winning the game in the second half adjustments was the quarterback play jack Plummer. Didn't have the greatest performance. Um, he did complete 18 of 31 passes for 247 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception right before halftime. Grant, first half wasn't as good as the second half, but he performed better after halftime. It seemed like there was a legitimate debate as to whether or not Wobble should have made a quarterback change at halftime. Well, it looks like the decision paid off for Jeff Brom. How would you assess Plummer's overall performance week one more of a of a rust factor or is there more to be concerned about moving forward well in true week one college football nature of course there's going to be overreactions week one is overreaction week but it's all we have to go off of we don't have a season body of work many of the fans were left out of practices camp you know there's so only so much open opportunities that we get to see right i don't think it was very popular for fans to have a debate on pulling Jack and and putting somebody else in. Let's get Pierce started. I don't think there was ever an internal debate at all. I don't think that that was on the or on the table for the coaching staff unless things went much further south in the second half than it did. But personally, I don't believe that it was really ever on the table for Brom. But I I would personally, in my heart. I believe it's more of a rust thing. It's more of a, a lot of it has been attributed to nerves, and that may very well be it. Another thing that gets overlooked is that this is a completely new offensive cast for this guy. I mean, he's a, a transfer. He's on his third school. We're a team that is extremely transfer heavy. We've got a lot of guys who are new to the program. They're all new to Plummer. 
it maybe it just takes actual game action to sort of build that chemistry and get going. And in the era of the the transfer portal in general, it's just going to take a lot of these transfer heavy teams like Louisville a little longer to get going than it does for others because you have to build that chemistry, that repertoire. We don't have a lot of guys who have been playing together for two, right. three, especially not four years. And this is his. I mean, this is his first time piloting the offense. I'm not saying that just to make excuses for him because I definitely think there has to be some level of accountability there. Uh, and and I, I don't think that he's walking away thinking that he played his best ball either. Sure. But I think we're going to get a much better chance week three, uh, you know, Murray State. Right. We won't see the full heralded offense and at least not to what I expect just by the nature of how the game should pan out. But it should be a good comfort game for Jack. You know, you, you get him in there against some softer competition. You know, he came alive in the second half of Georgia Tech. If we can keep that rolling, keep that momentum uh, going through Murray State, then he should be ready to go, and we should be able to see him in pure form by week three. Uh, we had hoped, all fans had hoped, to see him better right out of the gate. But I, I don't want to overreact too much and and say that, there's real concern. The coaching staff brought him in for a reason. Right. They're starting him for a reason. And this is a this is a quarterback room with a lot of guys. And there's a reason that Jack Plummer sits atop the group. I trust in the coaching staff's vision with this. Mm-hmm. Jack has definitely came off a lot restier than we all expected him to. But the second half progress, to me, was super alleviating. I'm not going into the into next week thinking we have a quarterback problem. However, if he struggles against Murray, I think yeah, we might have to have a conversation there. But I'm I'm not ready to say we have a quarterback problem. Yeah, I mean that that leads into my next topic as well. What do you say to those people? Because they're I, I have seen it, and I understand. I agree with you. I don't think that there's a quarterback problem at this time. But there also is this point of view that okay, Rust is whatever, but you brought in a super senior to make sure that you don't have to get better as the season goes on, that you have a veteran that knows this offense that can be good right away. And I, I see that point of view, but what, what what's your opinion on that for the, the portion of the fan base that says, look, I get it, these guys are human, but Jeff Braun went out and got a guy that is a super senior you know, for this exact reason, so you don't have those growing pains, so you don't have that learning on the fly. Um, you know, that's why you go out and you get a player specifically in Jack Plummer. No, I I completely agree with that perspective, and I would be lying if I said I wasn't really surprised that a player of his experience level had that much of a problem with nerves if it's only ends up being a one game thing then it's going to be water under the bridge by the end of the yeah, season it, it, it's all a moot point if that's but i i agree i was genuinely surprised because that's what i expected as well because you bring in a guy with that much experience he's going to lead the room you expect him to be ready you know you're getting you're you're not expecting any elevation in play you're you see what you get you get what you see so it, it was definitely a surprise to see him come out that rusty. But if a, if a half of football is all he needed to shake it off and we're going to see the Jack Plummer we expected the rest of the season, water under the bridge. But it's it's something that if you're going to have any concern about Jack Plummer, if nerves are going to affect him as a six-year quarterback for the rest of the season, then that that's a legitimate problem. 
Yeah, and you hope that that doesn't turn out to be the case. And it, it just looked like first half he wasn't comfortable with the reads that he was making. Obviously, when a quarterback hesitates, nothing good comes from that. You start to to miss the timing. It looked like there were some throws that were behind receivers. There were some balls underthrown. You know, when the receivers – I thought the receivers did a great job of creating separation against a pretty 100%. underrated Georgia Tech defensive backfield. And they did a good job of, you know – creating that separation at the break of the route and Plummer just either under through or waited a little bit too long. But as much as we talk about that first half, I also think he deserves some credit for the second half because there were some moments in that second half, the touch pass at the back of the end zone to Jamari Thrash, the connection with Thrash on the stop and go where he absolutely obliterated the safety on that route. Um, some more throws. Uh, yeah, I thought that Plummer was extremely poised, evaded, the quarterback hits as few and far in between as they came. I thought that he at least deserves some praise for his second half performance. And that I think that, that that's given me a little bit of comfort coming into this week. But talk about how nice it is for a player that seemingly struggled with making some of those reads in the first half to now go up against, no disrespect to Murray State, but going up against a team that they are supposed to win and win by against a big margin. How important is it to have a game like this for a confidence boost as you head into another game in an NFL stadium coming up next weekend? I think it's great. Hopefully he doesn't even need it. I yeah, hope that I you agree. and I are just talking about it is is just completely unneeded and we're we're creating a, a situation that isn't even relevant. Don't but all all I'm looking for in this game is for him to look comfortable. For him I to agree. look in control. I don't need him to set the world on fire for this one. I don't even expect him to play the whole game. I, I sure would hope he didn't play yeah, the whole if, game. If I, first half seems to be yeah. what you're hoping, three quarters exactly. at the most. But I just want to see him, I just want to see him feeling confident, feeling within the flow of the offense, keeping the ball moving. I don't need to see major heroics. I don't need to see him bombing it over the top, making huge flash plays. I'd love to see it. I just want to see comfort. And I hope that 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 this next game, if he needs it, he may not even need it. But if he needs this to be a, a developing comfort game, then this is there's no better situation to for him to be in to have it week two after he already had minor struggles, well, major struggles in the first half of week one. So I think it's well positioned. Uh, hopefully, you know, it would have been nice for him to be able to work all this out before Georgia Tech. We it still won, but yeah, still it won sure now. helped the heart of a lot of Cardinal yeah. fans. If you, if he went ahead and worked out those nerves uh, ahead of time, but I think it's good to have him in a much more comfortable mm-hmm. sense to to make a rebound game and get himself ready for Indiana. There's also a coach I forget who it is. I think it's a coach that's worked with Plummer that has specifically said that he gets better throughout the season. Um, you know, historically, and like I said, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't get too high, can't get too low on individual performances. It's game one. For those trying to bench Jack Plummer after game one, relax, take a step back, and see how he operates. If after the Indiana game there's a conversation to be had, then we'll have that conversation. But at this point in time, I just wanted to get your take on it to hear you know, what your point of view was on how he played, and it looks like we're pretty aligned in that notion. But let's switch over to the defense. Defense in the second quarter was 
extremely rough against Georgia Tech, but they made some adjustments in the second half. We'll talk about those momentarily after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Bird Dogs. Today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. If you go to their website, birddogs.com, you can see all of the options available for your shorts or pants that have the comfort of Lululemon, but for a small portion of the price. They are versatile, made with comfortable material. You can wear them in a abundance of situations go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter the promo code locked on college for a free water bottle with any purchase you won't want to take your bird dogs off we can promise you that so heading on into the second segment of the show with state of global football analyst grant mulligan grant defensively first quarter very very solid for the cardinals no points allowed second quarter hmm jekyll and hyde Georgia Tech scored on all four of their possessions outside of that one at the very end where it was kind of a, you know, a Hail Mary field goal type situation. But Louisville then did not allow a single point until the final drive for Tech, thanks to a fumble caused by Des Tell and a very, very uh, close field goal that was missed. What were some of the adjustments that you saw made by Mark Hagan and Ron English heading into that second half that you liked from Louisville? First and foremost, we clamped down on the run a lot better, and we were oh, yeah. so much better at keying, <laughs> identifying gaps, identifying breaking down blocks. And I just think that was what was missing initially. It seemed like to some degree we were more prepared to play against pass. We weren't playing the boxes as heavy as we could have. The defense clearly missed Ben Perry after a very early exit. I, I'm not going to say that that didn't have any kind of an impact because when you have a guy like that who's so talented and who can help out against the run in the pass and you had him game planned in there and he leaves so early, you know, hopefully in the future if something like that happens, it doesn't take four offensive possessions to, to right. ready it up. But the, the real secret sauce, as it were, is to work better in the box and, and work against what Georgia Tech was, was doing um, the linebacker play got better. The defensive line play got much better. We had guys who were winning handedly against single blocks. So I, I don't know how they they got them to win on blocks more effectively, but as, as a whole, they played the box so much better while still maintaining integrity on the back end and, and passing plays. I still think that you know that there was too many explosive plays let up throughout the game. And that's something that we have to, to iron out before we go through the rest of the season. You know, as, as we see uh, explosive plays are the undoing of many teams, both in college right. and NFL. So they just have to, the same thing kind of applies when I'm talking about Jack Plummer coming in as a transfer. It's a lot of new players on this defense. Of course. And there's some players who weren't even here in spring ball who are playing huge roles now. And hopefully we don't have this same kind of breakdown as, as the season goes on. Hopefully not even within the next couple coming of weeks. But we have a group with a, a lot of new starters. You know, we, we have some great returning players like Gelati, um, like Ben Perry, uh, Corners, uh, Quincy Riley, guys like that. But mixed into that, we have both – guys who are starting for the first time, like TJ Quinn playing meaningful snaps for the first time, really. Um, linebacker, super inexperienced. So I think just the same as, as getting into a comfortable situation 
for Jack Plummer, uh, the defense has a ton of new faces, and and it they got to learn how to gel together and how to mesh mm-hmm. together. Love seeing the defensive adjustments. That's something that I felt like we have been missing a lot uh, sure. in the, in the defense in prior years under the previous regime, aside from last year when we had that great defense. But having that so early, because I mean, in the first couple years, we we didn't see that hardly at all with the with the Brian Brown defense. We didn't see nearly right. as much as many adjustments. So seeing the coaches, both offensive and defensive, I know we're talking about the defense right now, but being able to adjust at halftime gives me a lot of hope, not just for this season, how it's going to go, but what kind of staff we have. Yeah. Another thing that kind of gets lost in the sauce, you, you spoke about Ben Perry got called for a, a targeting call that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, you know, something has to happen with the targeting role, a player that leaves his feet making a defensive play and the quarterback makes an awkward slide and the defensive player gets penalized for it. We've seen it one time. We've seen it a hundred times. Um, and then the same thing happens to Jack Plummer in crickets. Uh, but that's a that's conversation for a different day. I was excited to see players like TJ Quinn, Antonio Watts, uh, multiple players in the linebacking core definitely stepping up. Jalen Alderman, Cam Wilson recording the fumble. Um, you know, the list goes on to see them play the way they did in the absence of Ben Perry, I think that that also sort of attributed to some of the big plays, especially the plays where Haynes King sort of broke down and run or ran. I should say that's not English. He ran. Um, I I think that that's where really Ben Perry would have came into play and and would have helped out. But I want to talk about some of the underrated individual performances. I've asked Grant to identify two players. I'm going to identify two players here in the next segment. We'll do that here momentarily after we talk about our friends, over at FanDuel. FanDuel, if you don't know, is the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That's huge with the NFL season kicking off on Thursday evening, Kansas City against Detroit. I'm super excited for the season. Um, I know you all are as well. Be sure to take advantage of this offer. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Heading on into the final segment of this recap episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast, my good friend, football analyst of the state of Louisville.com, Grant Mulligan, joining the show. Grant asked you to choose two individual underrated performances. Who's your first one? The first one is an offensive player who maybe he didn't have the the statistical improvement or the, the statistical performance in game one that would warrant this kind of praise, but Maurice Turner to me looked like a much more physical real deal running back this year than he did last year. Of course, he still has that game breaking speed. He has that option to be used in the passing game. But to me, as I'm watching him run, he's not just going down on first on first contact. You know, of course he's, right. he's been in the weight room in the off season, the second full year in the weight room gives him that ability but he was churning through tackles. He was like arm tackles were were not enough to contain him. I mean, seeing that progression for him from being a very effective, but mostly just a speed guy to being a guy who can act like legitimately take on defenders and make head on contact and push the pile a little bit is something I didn't expect to happen. And it's, it's, 
I mean, it's great for his game. Being able to to have that physical running style packaged with that speed, I I liked what I saw out of, out of Maurice Turner. I think he's going to have a, a big year now that he's got that in his in his toolbox. I definitely agree there. I, I think that the impact spans beyond the box score. Same for one of my players, TJ Quinn, as you mentioned. First real action for him. He was second on the team in tackles with five. I thought he really stepped up when Ben Perry – uh, was ejected. He made some big time plays. Um, you saw that uh, explosive ability to tackle and hit um, multiple times at the line of scrimmage. So I thought that he brought some stability to that uh, position um, in in the especially in the second half of the game. And he was the defensive player to watch for me coming into this game because. I had heard that he was the most impressive linebacker in the spring and the offseason, and it looks like uh, there was some merit to those opinions. He can hit. Uh, he, <laughs> he can hit. That is uh, true. That is true. Your second one. The second, second player, one. I, uh, I was very close to choosing this guy because it is the portion of the game that does not get the credit that it deserves, but this player should. He did. He won an ACC blank blank of the week. But go ahead and talk about your second player. I'm talking about Brock Travelstead. Going from a guy who was a kickoff specialist with us for the first two years to now handling every kickoff duty or kick duty that we have and not only doing it, but doing it really well oh, yeah. is a revelation. I, I never expected to go this route or – and I, I figure it was it was more out of necessity, and that had me concerned about Louisville special teams coming into week one. But, man, not only does he punt well, but he makes every field punts goal. Punts really well. Punts really well, which he actually he did this in high school. For those who didn't know, he was the punter and the kicker for his high school team, and he was being recruited uh, as both for, for other schools. And yeah. so he ended up early on for us. He just happened to be – uh, very early on in between Mason King and Blaine Creaky, and then between James Turner and uh, Mark Bassett. So he, he ended up just being on kickoffs. But now the game is, is all his, and he does it well. And I, I hope that he's able to continue this throughout the duration of a season and that playing both sides and, and doing every kicking role doesn't wear an attrition on him. But, man... I mean, he was impressive. I mean, there, there's no other other way about it. He did everything, and he, he did everything well. So I, I'm really glad to see that in Brock Travelstead's first opportunity. I definitely agree there, and that's something that kind of gets overlooked because, well, we don't talk about the kicker enough um, or the punter in, in that regard, but when one guy's doing both and he's doing both at an exceptionally high level, I mean – the place kicker is definitely somebody to focus on um, if he is helping your team because you know that if he were to miss a critical field goal, then he were he would be getting the blame. So it's only right that we give him some praise as well. My second individual underrated performance is Des Tell forced the key fumble that completely shifted the momentum on Friday evening. He also had some solid moments on the interior of the defensive line. He had um, – Actually, he had the only recorded sack for the Cardinals, one of the two tackles for loss. Um, and a lot of that can be attributed to Georgia Tech trying to speed up the reads to where Haynes King was not put into those situations. Destel had a phenomenal 
night on Friday night. He was one of my top 15 players for Louisville heading into the season because I was expecting him to make a huge jump. And for those that are a part of the Destel fan club, you definitely come away uh, pretty satisfied with the performance that he put on the field on Friday evening. I I was really looking forward to this for, for Destel because he's a player who's felt like for a few years he was really right there. Like he's, he was just scratching the surface of his potential early. He had flashes of being a really good player, and he was he was solid. I mean, his, his yeah. first two years when he played, he, he was definitely a solid player worthy of the snaps he got. But now, looking like he's a little more than solid, and I, I'm really yeah. looking forward to that with him. I, I definitely agree there. And I, I want to talk about this player as an honorable mention. I only said we were going to choose to – but I was kind of going back and forth with this player because I'll be honest, um, you know, I, I think that um, this isn't one player. It's the whole offensive line. Louisville's offensive line was Sturdy. almost perfect on Friday evening outside of a couple of quarterback hurries. Um, a lot of credit goes to Jack Plummer as well for the, his evasiveness. But Louisville's offensive line was everything you wanted them to be week one and more absolutely and this on paper and you and i have actually talked about it multiple episodes about how excited we were about the offensive line and they did not disappoint granted you out of all the conversations of how the depth chart was going to shake out neither of us got it right came week one uh with willie tyler starting left tackle gonzalez's left guard of course we were all right brian hudson at center renato kicks mm-hmm. into to guard finally i think this is the that's the right position for him and eric miller at right tackle that's a formidable group and even more so that's a formidable second team i mean okay. you've got real yeah. guys on the two deep is real and i think gonzalez uh, i've been gonzalez stan all i think gonzalez is going to be an all acc performer this year i think he's that level of player yeah, uh, I, I definitely think that you're on to something there, and that's something that you, you're you very, very excited for moving forward. I mean, the, the Georgia Tech defensive line had some moving pieces. Keon White, one of the best program – or one of the best pass rushers in program history, isn't with the program anymore. He went to the NFL. Um, but still, they have some solid players on that defense, and I was extremely um, encouraged by the performance that they put out there. But – Week two, very, very quick turnaround. Grant, um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask for your prediction for the game. Give me a score prediction. We're going to come back to this next week and talk about how close you were. Uh, let's see, score prediction. Give me give me 42 to 7. I'm sorry, Murray State. I'm, I'm going to give them a touchdown late. 42 to 7. I mean, that's, I I mean, that's, that, that's, that's respectable. I mean, I don't think it, it's going to be close. I, I mean, that is what it is. I mean, respect the Murray State, but that's just where I'm at with it. Yeah, so that's that's my score prediction. I think we're going to get the offense humming early and often. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a different quarterback in in the second half. We're going to see a lot of a lot of new guys in the second half, which I'm really looking forward to. This team's got a lot of newcomers, and I'm I'm ready to. We'll see probably more of them in this game than we we did in the last. So my prediction is it is a. A great start to Brahms' first game at, at Cardinal Stadium. Well, not Cardinal Stadium anymore. l and Sure. But, sorry. That one's going to take some getting used to. At yeah, l Stadium, 
this first game, I think it's going to be pretty stress-free for the Cardinal fans, which is so. how I like it. But 42-7, to I'm sticking to that. Well, if he's wrong, we are going to let him know about it. But um, Grant free. Mulligan, everyone, um, for those that don't know, if you are new to the show, Grant will he, – well, he already has been throughout, honestly, July and August with the sweet – the Ville TBT merch on. Um, but he will be making weekly appearances throughout the football season to discuss and break down the previous week's performances. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very soon.